See y'all. Here, Jeff. Good job today. Hey, great show. Thanks to Chris Dukes for uh, jumping on with Jeff today. It's only an hour. Normally Ooh, with Jeff. Great news here from DJ. BK, you're on the Epstein list. Oh, my goodness. This is not a good day for you. The Rick Epstein list? Nope. Epstein list. The Jory Epstein list. <laughs> Hold on. Don't be bashing Jory now. That's my girl. Don't do that to her. I like Jory a lot. I was just trying to come up with another Epstein here other than the uh, the real Epstein that we're talking about with this list, Epstein's Island list. Is that coming out today? It's supposedly, I mean, supposedly it's been coming out for months now, but last night there was a big stir about it. Today there's a big stir about it. I honestly, I have not been on Twitter at all today, so I don't know if something actually came down. I will say this, though. I spent way too much time on Twitter last night watching clips from Cat Williams' interview on Shannon Sharp's YouTube show. Holy shit. Cat Williams took a flamethrower to this place. He oh. left no prisoners. It was wild. Former friend of the midday program, Cat Williams. Who yep. was he? Yes, we did. Who was he taking shots at? Dude, he took everybody down. He took Steve Harvey down, Cedric the Entertainer. P. Diddy, um, he took down, oh gosh, Kevin Hart. I'm not uh, doing a good job of rattling all the names, but it was like a two and a half hour interview and it was Cat Williams, I think he was sipping whiskey or something and just fucking obliterating the place. Wow. Was it all Epstein Island related or he was just taking shots at all of those guys? He mentioned... <laughs> I don't know if he was saying this tongue or cheek or not, but he mentioned Chris Tucker's another one that he took down. Mm. He mentioned Chris Tucker being uh, Epstein Island, Chris Tucker. But he also explained why Tucker didn't want to necessarily do another Friday because he didn't want to be pigeonholed as a, a pothead when that's not even what he was. He just played the character well. Oh, what a shitty reason to not want to do the movie. I mean, I get letting sleeping dogs lie. The, the great movies like that only need one. You don't even need a second one, let alone a third or a fourth. But... That's the reason you don't want people to think you smoke weed. Come on, dude. Hey, look, if you're going to lean into that Willie Nelson Snoop Dogg reputation, you got to be ready to live that life. That is a, an exhausting life. <laughs> and I think Chris Tucker had great, had greater aspirations. He wanted to be more of like a serious leading man at some point. Now that didn't happen. He has taken some more serious roles over the years. He was an heir the Michael Jordan Nike movie from last year directed and starring uh, directed by and starring Ben Affleck. And he was in silver lining playbook a few years back as well, playing a more serious character. But yeah, he had to try really hard to get away from the goofy character that entailed Smokey from Friday. And then, you know, he started to take more of that leading man, suave dude turn with the rush hour movies did a couple yeah. of our movies, couldn't do, done a second Friday movie. I'd like to see him return to that role, but return as Smokey, who had actually gotten his shit together. I think that would be a fun turn in a Friday series that I'm guessing has stagnated over the years. There's probably five or six of those things now. I was told by somebody the second one was really good, and I think it's maybe a Christmas movie too. Mm. Yeah, I never saw the second one because you know how I am with sequels. You don't like them? Yeah, my people aren't big fans of sequels. We're uh, believers in the original, and 
Oh, Old Testament only. That's right. Yeah, old testy joke right there for uh, for the people to start old off a testy joke Thursday show. Old testy joke. Still not on Epstein's island. Never have been there. I hear there were a lot of testy jokes on Epstein Island, so I think you would have fit in nicely. Don't say fit in when talking about that, please. Mm. Uh, well, should we just do the next hour on the Epstein list since it came out yesterday? You think I want to talk about that college football playoff semifinal game anymore? <laughs> I told Bucky yesterday, like, I, we'll we'll touch on it throughout the rest of this week. I am done with that game by next Monday, though. I still need to go back and rewatch it, and that's going to be tonight's job. I had too much to do yesterday, and uh, it will be a painful rewatch tonight. And you're right. I'm not going to want to talk about it after rewatching it, but uh, after this week, that is hopefully gone from my memory. It won't be, but it won't be a huge part of uh, the content for Texas Sports Unfiltered. There will be plenty of long-run football conversations, but – I do not want to relive or reminisce what happened on Monday night because that one hurts. All right. The people are weighing in on the YouTube comments line, BK. James says only three Friday movies. All three are hilarious. CB says next Friday is an awesome movie. The sequel to Friday. I think it's Friday after next is maybe the third one. Yeah. Then the oh, Friday cool. after that. Cat Williams is in the third Friday, the Christmas one. Okay. The third Friday is the Christmas one. That would be Friday after next. Cat Williams underrated as an actor also. Just talking about Chris Tucker with those things. Cat Williams won a, an Emmy Award for his performance in the series Atlanta. Did you ever get into that? The Donald Glover no, series? No, but heard great things, so I kind of wish I did. I haven't either yet. I want to watch that show. actually interviewed the cast of Atlanta at South by Southwest back in 2022. It was a... It was a gangbang, but it was a really good gangbang. But Cat Williams won an Emmy for his performance as the Alligator Man in season one of that show. And I just watched a clip of him interacting with cops that had come to his door. That one scene is fucking hilarious. If the rest of that show is anything like that one scene, then it is must watch. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how we got there. Uh, Friday the 13th, where in line did that fall? Really? You not know this? I guess it's the 13th one. Thank you. I, I was a little bit disappointed that you weren't putting that one together. <laughs> yeah, not very smart at times, but sometimes good, I think. What? All right. Well, D DJ, we we had uh, the late, great John Witherspoon on the old radio show. That dude was freaking hilarious, by the yep. way. He, he gave zero fucks. Would have loved to have had him on a show like this where we could actually really let him loose. He died, unfortunately, where they they had a, a script, apparently. But when Witherspoon died, they had to scrap the whole thing and reconsider how to do it. Mm -hmm. I hope that they're trying to convince Chris Tucker to do this movie. I think there's a way to do it where Chris Tucker would look. He would avoid looking like a complete stoner and uh, can show off his acting chops, too. But it would also be in the spirit of the Friday trilogy. There you go. Interesting. All right. We've got to get into a debate on Texas football. All right, Barry, you tell us who's staying and who's going. Barry Sorrell. Who's I didn't, staying realize, going, I didn't realize Mr. Sorrell was a big fan of The Clash. He was just quoting that song. Specifically your son, staying or going, sir. Yeah, we're actually going to talk about that today. And one of the guys we're not sure about is Baron Sorrell. He did tweet out a couple of emojis the other day, basically indicating that he was mulling his decision on whether or not to return to Austin 
for another season or to take his talents to the next level. Uh, I'm biased. I would love Baron Sorrell to return for 2024. I honestly think he could use it, but I also think Texas could use it. It'd be nice to have a good edge rusher back. And look, Texas is bringing in Trey Moore. They're bringing in Colin Simmons. They've got Ethan Burke and a number of other guys coming back. But uh, having an experienced guy like Baron Sorrell, who I think could take his game to another level by being coached by Bo Davis for another year, uh, that would obviously help this defense. And once again, I think it would help number 88 as well. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I think some of the pressure numbers would start turning into more sack numbers because uh, he just has that one more year in the strength and conditioning program and becoming one of the guys along that defensive line. Not that he wasn't this year. I said it last week, the unsung hero of this defense all season long. But I think him getting more game tape down and having a, a year of experience added to things will only help his draft stock. But I completely understand a kid if he gets a decent draft grade, a draft grade that's good enough starting that NFL clock too. The good news, BK, is that if you choose not to start that NFL clock, it's not like you're just working with the scholarship that you get and the $5,000 stipend per semester. In this era of NIL, that can be a lucrative option for you too. Yes, indeed. Hey, Mr. Sorrell, comment LOL if your son's coming back next year. Oh, what do you know? L-O-L. Breaking news. Baron Sorrell back for another season. Thank you, Barry. So this is an interesting piece of information here that may help dictate whether a guy like Baron Sorrell comes back. Bo Davis being heavily rumored to LSU right now. That would be a huge loss to this coaching staff if Bo Davis were to leave. Yeah, that would suck. And if this turns into a bidding war, I hope Texas shells out the cash to keep Bo Davis around because... He's been a great recruiter. He's obviously been a tremendous developer of talent. You think of, obviously, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. I mean, those were the two top-graded interior defensive linemen in the nation this year. Even a guy like Keandre Coburn, Moro Ojimo, some of the other defensive linemen who have uh, just gotten so much better under the tutelage of Bo Davis during their Texas careers. Uh, they all give a ton of credit to Bo Davis. So, yeah, it would suck. I mean, LSU fired just about all of its defensive staff a couple of days ago. Uh, they're obviously looking to upgrade, and Bo Davis would be a major, major upgrade for them as their defensive line coach. Uh, Bo Davis spent some time at LSU. He obviously went to college at LSU. I shouldn't say obviously. I don't know how many people knew that. Uh, so he's got plenty of ties to uh, the state of Louisiana and to that university. But, man, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I'm going to Chris Del Conte and saying, dude, whatever we got to do, don't let this guy leave. Give him the best. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So Rex St. Charles says, if Bo gets the co-DC title, he needs to go. We can find a suitable replacement. I don't disagree that there can be suitable replacements out there. Here's the issue, though. You've already lost one of your best position coaches before the offseason even started with Jeff Choate taking the Nevada gig, which he should take the Nevada head coaching gig. I mean, if he has the head coaching aspirations, that's a huge step up for him. 
kudos to him. And thank you, by the way, for sticking around through the semifinal matchup. Although the linebackers weren't great in the semifinals. Did that work against us? I don't know. I think I'm overthinking things right now, BK. Uh, but you would arguably be losing your your two best defensive coaches other than Pete Kwiatkowski on that side of the ball. But the two guys who remain are guys that people have been asking questions about for a couple of years now with Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon, too, in that secondary. It's a great point. Yep. Bo Davis has done a tremendous job. Jeff Choate, I think, has done a tremendous job. And you look at uh, the secondary coaches, it just feels like the secondary didn't progress as quickly as the other position groups on this football team did this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Texas fans would prefer the secondary guys to leave and they'd love to keep, uh, obviously Bo Davis around if they can, but we'll see. We will see. And look, Bo Davis could get the co DC title here. That's an incentive for him to stay because Jeff Choate was the co DC and obviously he's gone. So Texas could hypothetically have a co-defensive coordinator if it wanted to. My assumption before LSU decided to make the changes that it made was that whoever the new linebackers coach was going to be would have been the co-defensive coordinator. But uh, if that's what it takes to keep Bo Davis around here in Austin, then okay, make it happen. I still feel like you can bring in a good linebackers coach, even if he doesn't have that separate title. Uh, but Bo Davis is uh, really, really important to this football team. Yes, bring Greg, Greg Davis back, hung low. If you want to see me jump off of a bridge, by the way, j- j- just a second. Hey, guys, I'm doing a show right now. Can you please be quiet? Yeah, that was you guys. I don't know how you're even saying that it wasn't. Saddlebags. Shut up, bitch. You hit one of those? Close. You're talking about your dogs or your kids there? My kids. Could you not hear that? Oh, of course we could hear it, but I wasn't sure. I guess if you were talking to your dogs, you would have dropped a few more F-bombs than you did right there because you you do not like your dogs very much. Oh, I dropped them off in the middle of the woods after yesterday's show, as I told you I was going to do. Oh, man. I shouldn't laugh at that, but I know it's not true, so I can laugh at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. All right, well... Let's let's talk about the quarterback, Trey. We'll get into all of the names of Texas players who could be leaving or could be staying. And there's a pretty long list of guys who have decisions to make between now and January 15th, which is 11 days from now. That's the day where these players have to officially decide if they are declaring for the NFL draft. We got to talk about the quarterback. And one guy who has not made up his mind officially is Quinn Ewers. Now, there have been a number of reports over the last month and change that have indicated that Quinn Ewers is leaning towards coming back. And my thought was, hey, if Quinn could go out there and lead Texas to a national championship and he had two great performances in the college football playoff, then there's the decision to hell with the reports. He's going pro and he should be going pro because he probably would have played himself into the first round if he put together two great performances and two great wins against two obviously great teams. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Texas came up short on Monday. So now it sort of feels like those rumors are going to be right. And Quinn Ewers is leaning towards returning to Austin for one more season. To me, just based on people I've talked to and based on social media, I don't think every Longhorn fan is 100% in favor of that. Now, on its surface, it feels like an obvious yes if you're Texas, right? Like. Oh my God, you've got a third-year starter coming back as you make the move to the toughest conference in the sport. And Quinn Ewers took a major, major step 
from where he was last year, and you're thinking, okay, well, with another year in this system, and if he is as committed this offseason as he was last offseason, you've got plenty of reasons to think he could take another step in 2024. Like, it feels like Texas fans should want Quinn Ewers to come back. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But some of the folks that I've talked to, Trey, once again, some of what I've seen on the internet in the last few days, there are Texas fans, and I don't know how big of a percentage of the fan base feels this way, but there are at least some Texas fans who would like to move on from Quinn Ewers to begin the Arch Manning era. I I hope that's just a vocal minority, especially because you have to think about Quinn taking another big step forward while also remaining dedicated to what got him here in the first place, and that's treating his body as a temple, making sure to put in the right sort of work with the off-season strength and conditioning program, eating right. He knows the offense. That's not a problem. But it's also short-sighted not to think about the overall health of the quarterback room if Quinn Ewers were to leave as well. With Malik Murphy now at Duke, you would have a redshirt freshman as your likely starter. I mean, Charles Wright is there, but he's the guy who's – calling plays into the huddle, you're likely going to be dealing with a true freshman as your backup quarterback, too. That is not a great amount of insurance versus Quinn Ewers, who has missed time both of his years here in Austin with injuries. Going back to his senior season at South Lake Carroll, he missed time that year, too. So this is a guy who misses time with injuries. There's a chance that we see Arch Manning next year starting games for Texas just based on Quinn Ewers' injury history But Quinn Ewers, if he hadn't gotten hurt, may very well have been the first-team all-conference quarterback in the Big 12 this year. He had great weapons around him, yes, but a lot of that success was on Quinn Ewers finding and making those open throws, too. So especially with a new batch of receivers trying to break in those various positions, and you know how Sark likes to not rotate his wide receivers, I would... I can't think of a scenario where I don't want Quinn back starting next season with Arch starting as a backup. Or maybe you make it an open competition, but Quinn Ewers is going to win that job, though, guys. We've seen Arch Manning for two games. What, two of five, had some nice runs in one game, and the other game he was essentially kneeling the clock out in that Big 12 championship game. So I know we're excited. You should be excited. Future does feel bright at the quarterback position, especially with recruitment of Trey Owens, KJ Lacey's going to be coming in in a couple of years as well. But the grass is not always greener. We as fans get caught up in that mindset far too often. And of course, Texas is like pretty much every program across the country. The most popular football player on campus is the backup quarterback. That's especially the case when it's a Manning or a Sims or somebody like that. But don't neglect to appreciate what you have right now. And Texas has a very special quarterback right now, who may very well come back for one more season. And Quinn Ewers is the most talented quarterback that the Longhorns have had since Colt McCoy, right? I love Sam Ellinger, but he, like, as a thrower, he is more talented than Sam Ellinger. Yeah, and Quinn, once again, took some tremendous strides this year. I think the eye test told us that, and the numbers tell us that. I mean, he completed 58% of his passes last year. He was up at a very nice 69% this year. Uh, Threw for 2,100 yards last year on 7.4 yards per attempt. This year, closer to 3,500 yards on 8.8 yards an attempt. Uh, 22 touchdowns this year versus just 15 last year. 
even though he played more games this season and he threw the ball more this season. He had the same number of interceptions in 2023 as he did in 2022 with just six. Like he took a major step, hell, multiple steps this year. And once again, it feels like he could do that again. And Trey, I just saw uh, Saturday Down South, I think, tweeted this out in her big college football Twitter account. Uh, they tweeted out some power rankings for SEC quarterbacks. Like they're way too early SEC QB power rankings for 2024. You know who was number one on that list? Quinn. Quinn Ewers, like the head of Carson Beck, the head of anybody else. Playing in that. Jackson Dart. It's going to be a decent quarterback conference next year. For Quinn to be ranked number one by that website, which knows it's shit, that's a big deal. Yeah, Milrow, Dart, Brady Cook, who had a great year at Mizzou, right? Mizzou won oh, yeah. 11, 11 games this season, and they won the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State last week. I mean, yeah, no, there are going to be some great quarterbacks in the SEC next year, and there are people who believe that Quinn Ewers could be the best of them. And you know, Texas fans seem like they're ready to move on from that, which is crazy. Where did I see KJ Jefferson end up? Transferred from Arkansas. He's in Florida somewhere. I just don't recall the school. I don't know. Did he already make his announcement? Yeah, he did. Let me look that up real quick. Because he... He ain't, he ain't as good as any of those guys that we just talked oh, about. Oh, no, he's not. But that just popped into my head because I'm a space cadet. Is he going to play for Tom Herman at FAU? If only. No, he's going to be at UCF. Ah, Big 12. Yeah. Good for him. So, okay, let me play devil's advocate here. Like, let me try to speak for, and once again, these are some conversations I've had with people, and this is stuff that I've seen on social media. So let me play devil's advocate here for why I think people would be in favor of Arch Manning being the guy in 2024. I think the most obvious one is the last name, right? And just all of the hype that goes around Arch Manning. I mean, I think everyone has seen this picture and if somehow, some way you haven't yet, I'll pull it up on the screen right now of the pressed gathering in New Orleans before the Sugar Bowl, where you've got a very sad looking Quinn Ewers taking a look at Arch Manning's podium and seeing like 50 assembled media members talking to Arch while there is nobody there talking to Quinn. Right. So the hype obviously surrounding Manning is ridiculously high. Now, I will mention that Quinn Ewers spoke to the local media the day before this picture was taken. And this was the first and only time that folks got to speak with Arch Manning in New Orleans, which of course is where he's from. So all of those factors, I think, contribute to this picture being what it was. But still, people are excited about a Manning. And I think another part of it is, like, there's a chance, Trey, mm -hmm. if Quinn Ewers comes back next year, that Texas only gets one year of Arch Manning. Right, Because Arch Manning is going to be draft eligible after 2025. So if he sits next year and doesn't play because he's behind Quinn Ewers, then that means, yeah, if he goes and balls out in 2025, then that's it. Like, that's your year of Arch Manning, one of the most highly touted recruits in the history of college football, the offspring of, like, the first family of football, and you're going to make the decision to only let him play one year at your school? Because we know Arch Manning has NFL aspirations. Like, it's just a matter of when, not if, that dude is playing on Sunday. So if you're Texas, and yeah, Quinn Ewers is your guy in 2024, then you are setting up the possibility of having an elite talent, a guy who I think has a higher ceiling than Quinn Ewers. And I think a lot of Texas fans do too. Like, that could be your guy for just 
one season, and then you could be talking about how we missed a golden opportunity for not letting that guy get more playing time. Don't let the potential for greatness cloud your ability to see that you have greatness right in front of you. Texas has the former number one quarterback recruit in the country in Quinn Ewers, who is starting to live up to that potential now. There are no certainties. Quinn Ewers could come back next year, and he could completely suck. But Arch Manning could come in and not live up to the potential that we all think he's going to live up to. You just never know. So, again, to take that grass is always greener mindset, I get why it exists. I do, because we all strive for perfection and we hope for perfection out of our football team or our sports teams, even though that is completely unrealistic 99.9% of the time. But Quinn Ewers is a damn good player. So the vocal minority that's hoping that he moves on to the NFL so the Arch Manning era can start, just pump the brakes, take a breath, please. I know it's not that warm right now, but go outside, just go for a stroll. Get off of the insider sites for a few minutes. Get off of Twitter and Instagram. Just take a mental break from it all. And just go breathe and walk. And try not to worry about anything for like 30 minutes. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do you agree with me when I say that I think the ceiling for Arch Manning is higher than the ceiling for Quinn Ewers? I think they're similar ceilings. Like, I guess the, the nuance of it, yes, because he is a Manning and he's got the pedigree and both of his brothers won Super Bowls and they were obviously great college players too. But again, I don't want to diminish how good of a player Quinn Ewers has become and how much better he can be at the college level before ultimately deciding to go to the NFL. Like, I mean, think about it, folks. We're talking about a guy who for much of the year was predicted as a first round draft pick. This is a pretty deep quarterback class though. That's fallen a little bit. If you were to go pro after this, or if you were to go pro now, He'd be a second or third rounder at the absolute worst. If he comes back next year, there's a great chance that we see him end up as a first round draft pick. Now, if he reverts to big fat quarterback form, <laughs> last year's form pre bowl game, and he's not doing the things that he did such a good job of this last off season and throughout the course of the season too. Because by the way, Quinn Ewers became big fat quarterback in the middle of last season which was Dylan Ositkowski level impressive of weight gain. But <laughs> if, if, if those things start to happen again this offseason or going into next season, well, guess what? It should be an open competition at quarterback. I'm a little bit worried, though, that Steve Sarkeesian will have a hard time seeing the forest through the trees because he is so dedicated to his guy when he does have that guy at quarterback. But I also imagine at that point that he knows that Arch will be much closer to ready. So if Quinn Ewers starts becoming part of the problem as to why Texas is not winning games in conference play, then I think Sark would be more likely to pull the trigger there. But just like with Arch Manning, what that potential is, there are no guarantees there either. So right mm -hmm. now, you roll the dice on Quinn Ewers continuing to show the commitment and dedication he has over the last year plus now, takes even bigger steps forward as a quarterback when they need him to because they're going to be breaking in new wide receivers and Texas is in some ways even better off than they were this season. Not Dylan Ositkowski getting the name dropped during today's show. I can't believe a guy in the middle of a basketball season could gain the amount of a weight, the amount of weight that he did. Uh, he pulled a Mac from it's always sunny in Philadelphia.
Dude, he did. That was that's a great call. <laughs> oh, man. I will say this, and I probably should have said this earlier. I think a lot of the reason why Texas fans want Quinn Ewers to go is because they're worried Arch Manning is going to leave in the portal. Even though every insider has come out and reported that Arch Manning ain't going anywhere, even though Arch Manning himself at that press conference said he's not transferring, I still think there are people who believe that Arch is going to go if he doesn't get the job next year. Like, he's a Manning. He was the number one QB recruit in the country. He's one of the most hyped recruits in the history of the sport. And you're telling him he's going to have to sit two years before he gets to play? Remember last year, Trey, and this was stupid national stuff, right? Anybody who follows the team, cares about the team, roots for the team, we knew how ridiculous this was. But even in Arch Manning's true freshman season, there were people who thought he was going to transfer if he didn't get the job right away, out of camp. And if he wasn't going to be an immediate day one starter in his first year in college, he was going to go somewhere else. He had all of that last year. Now, oh, he's already sat for a year, and you're going to make him sit another year? Like, they're still Texas fans. Obviously, that's a national conversation, and they can talk about what they want. They're looking for clicks, whatever. But I, I think there are Texas fans who are fearful of Arch deciding to hit the portal if Quinn Ewers is back next year. And I think that is also part of why, you know, people are maybe in favor of Ewers going somewhere else. Well, if he's running from competition, running from one more year to uh, to really learn and settle in as the backup quarterback, likely get some stars because Quinn Ewers does have a propensity to get dinged up, then I guess that's how it goes. It d- doesn't change the fact that I would rather Quinn Ewers come back for one more year. You know what you have with Quinn. You don't yeah. know what you get with Arch Manning. I know everybody is thinking about Quinn Ewers not being as good as we all wanted him to be on Monday night. But I am going to be a broken record for this as as long as this comes up. Quinn Ewers, he was actually not that bad on Monday night. He was one of the highest rated PFF players on Monday. Despite the fact that he was facing pressure all night, he did his part to help that team win the football game. Yeah, I know that last throw wasn't there. His last four plays uh, were, with the exception of the last one, were honestly a little bit questionable. But you give Steve Sarkeesian the benefit of the doubt because he's been so good as a play caller this year. Quinn Ewers is so far down the list of reasons why Texas lost that game on Monday. If you're holding that against him, that's foolish. Think back to what we saw the two previous games. Quinn Ewers was lighting the opposing defense on fire like Cat Williams on Shannon Sharp's show talking about any other comedian. Quinn Ewers was freaking outstanding in those games. And despite the fact that his offensive line, which had been great at pass blocking all year, absolutely shit the bed, he was still almost able to lead this team to a college football playoff semifinal victory a few days ago. It's so funny, Trey. If Quinn Ewers completes one more pass, and everyone knows what pass I'm talking about, then he's a Longhorn legend. But because that fourth down pass with no time left on the clock fell incomplete, uh, there's this conversation happening amongst Longhorn fans right now. So, uh, we'll see, man. Like, we're not going to hear from Sark for a while. I guess National Signing Day in February, he'll have a press conference. And uh, by that point, Quinn Ewers would have already made his decision. Once again, the deadline is January 15th. So we'll we'll know uh, what Quinn is doing. But whenever we do hear from Sark next, and obviously through spring ball, how does he handle it? Like, if, if Quinn's gone, well, we know Arch is the guy. I'm sure Sark will still sell it as it's a competition, but everyone's going to know Arch is the guy. But is Sark going to act like there is a quarterback competition? 
between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning? Or is it just going to be like, well, this guy started the last two years and he played really well for us this season. He's definitely the guy. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see, I guess. My guess is that once all this is settled and we get that next press conference opportunity from Sark, somebody's going to ask that question. Yeah, I agree. This answer will likely be there's always a competition, but right now Quinn is our guy. He started, he's been our star for the last two years. There's no reason to think that he won't be, but if Arch Manning is that much better, as we go through practices and the offseason, spring ball, fall camp, into that first game of the year, then maybe something could change, but that does seem pretty far-fetched. All right, last question on this for me. This has been a great debate, and we're turning this into a YouTube video, so love that. What if I told you... Kids real quick. Can you yell at your kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good content, please. Hey, do you guys want me to drop you off in the field I took the dogs yesterday? Okay. Then you need to be a little bit more quiet. (laughs) Well, so much for this being posted as a separate YouTube video. You got child protective services banging at your door because of that. Drop them off in a field? Goodness gracious, Bing Crosby, what are we doing here? God. All right, let me ask you this to wrap this up. And obviously, if you have more, keep going. What if I told you that Arch Manning would transfer if Quinn Ewers is the day one starter for Texas in 2024? Like, basically, your choices are... Quinn Ewers is your guy for one more year, and you don't ever see Arch Manning in a Texas uniform, or Quinn goes and you get to keep Arch for at least two more years because he's got at least two more years of college eligibility remaining. If it's an either or, like if you want Quinn back next year, you don't ever get to see Arch start at Texas. What's your response to that? So Quinn for one more year, Arch for two years? Basically, yes. What's your answer? Arch. It's sad. I love Quinn. And I'm on your side of the original debate. Like, I want Quinn to be the starter next year. Uh, But Manning. A mobile Manning. A Manning who can move. Like, could you imagine if Peyton or Eli could move? And odds are, Arch is not going to be as good as his two uncles. They're talking about two Hall of Famers, and Peyton's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. You got four Super Bowls between them. Like, odds are Arch is not going to have that arm and be that successful. But those genes, and he can move? I can't I can't not have that guy here, you know? In the words of Dave Matthews, when you are eat, drink, and be merry, go do whatever you want to do. I want Arch Manning in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after all that, that's what it took. Uh, I don't think that's the choice that Texas will have to face. But if it is, and a lot of folks out there are seemingly making that the debate, then it's an interesting one. Wait a second. Did Jonathan Brooks just go pro? Or is Longhorn Bear just suggesting that that's likely what happens? I don't know. Maybe he's talking about Brooks from Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Brooks will declare for the draft, according to Horns 24-7. Damn. Yep. Just saw that tweet pop up on X. I'm sure Bucky said this to you on the morning show over the last couple of days. Said it to me away from microphones. 
would have actually been the night of the semifinal game. That was really the first game that they missed Jonathan Brooks. Yes, it was. Because he would not have fumbled. And he sure as hell wouldn't have fumbled twice like his two replacements did. So, yeah. Damn, this sucks. Not super unexpected. Like, right when the injury happened, I think we're all like, okay, well, this sucks, but at least it means Jay Brooks is back for another year. But then you saw... Like Such a the, fucked up silver lining, but you're yeah, right. Oh, believe me, I'd much rather have had him play and feel like Texas probably wins on Monday if Jay Brooks is there and they're playing for a national championship and then Brooks goes off to the league. Yeah, of course, of course. But no, believe me, that's that's not the first place my mind went when the injury happened. But after a couple of days, it's like, oh, the guy's coming off a torn ACL. He probably won't be able to go through the combine or do pre-draft workouts. So you would think, yeah, he's going to come back for another year to prove that he's still really, really good. But then I saw, you know, Mel Kuyper's big board, and I saw PFF's big board, and those didn't change. Like, both of those guys, one's a guy, one's a website, both of them still had Jonathan Brooks as RB1 in this 2024 NFL draft. So when that happens, it's like, Brooks can't go up. One is as high as you can go. But he comes back for another year. He's going to be RB1 again. Okay. Like maybe you could have played his way into a higher draft pick, but he's he's still, according to the experts, probably a day two pick. He's not Bijan or Jameer Gibbs where he's going to be a first rounder. I don't know if that ever would have happened, but if he's still the first running back off the board, that means he's probably going in round two and, um, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Why, why risk it? Running backs only have uh, X number of miles on their body. That position Runs out of gas more than or earlier than any other position in the sport. So I can't fault the kid, but obviously it's disappointing because we know how good he is. Let's take our best guess on a couple of other guys on this roster and whether or not we see them back next season. Because Brooks, I agree with you. That's a little bit of a surprise for me, but I I understand where he's coming from too. He's always had those aspirations. If his healing is coming along, then maybe he catches on with an NFL team as an undrafted free agent rookie, or maybe he's healthy enough to show teams that he can get back to speed next season. So Brooks is gone. Worthy's gone, which was announced yesterday. No surprises there. A.D. Mitchell, does he come back? No. Agreed. Jordan Whittington's gone, of course. J.T. Sanders. I've actually heard some people suggest that there is a possibility he comes back. That would still shock the hell out of me, though. Yeah, it would. I mean, hell, we had our crosstalk with Jeff yesterday, and he's like, I don't feel great about this. I don't have any sourcing on this, but if I had to make a pick right now, I think I would lean to JT coming back for another year. So I'm with you. I'd be surprised. I don't know if I'd go uh, whatever adjective you used and then shocked if he came back, but I'd, I'd be surprised if Sanders decided to come back for another season what adjective did i use absolutely shocked i can't remember what it was something like that pretty shocked i feel like it was uh more of a strong thesaurus word than pretty or absolutely but i can't remember i would be very shocked Mm, yeah you're going downhill brother very is absolutely shocked is probably the strongest of those that's probably what i said yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Lay off yeah. the intensifier next time. Yep. Um, Defensive side of the ball now. Jalen Ford. Does he have another year? I think. I just assume everyone has another year. Yeah. 
because you know COVID was only four years ago now, so why wouldn't they have another year? I, I, I don't know, man. This is not this is not a stellar campaign for Jalen Ford. So if he has the option to come back, he may want to consider it. I think he's gone, but I don't disagree with your sentiment there. Ryan Watts. I think Ryan Watts is gone. If he comes back, according to an Inside Texas article I just read, he may need to be okay with the switch to safety. Yeah, exactly. Terrence Brooks was dog shit on Monday. The Texas coaches feel good about Muhammad and Brooks as their cornerbacks next season. Yeah, I just... (sighs) Ryan Watts probably isn't going to get any faster. That's his big issue. He can cover Everyone's ripping him for what happened Monday night. Those were those were great plays by Michael Penix and Washington's receivers. It's not like Ryan Watts was in bad positioning there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. If Ryan Watts wants to prove that he can be a safety, then he'll come back and play great at safety, and then he'll go. But uh, if he wants to be a corner at the next level, I think he should leave. And I, I expect him to leave. Jade Barron. Everyone seems to assume that he's gone, so I guess I'm assuming that he's gone. He could use another year. Yeah, what a weird end of season for him. Yeah. So it wasn't good on Monday. He wasn't great in the Big 12 championship game either. I feel like he, I don't know if that was the injury that he suffered where he was forced into action in that Houston game where he really needed to sit out that week. If that's something that has continued to hamper him, but he had a month between games and there were still some coverage issues that we saw out of him on Monday. He gave up more than 100 yards on guys he was covering throughout the night. Yeah, we're not wrong, but I feel wrong advocating for that guy to have been first team all Big 12. Like he he was during the regular season, but obviously he he did not make our arguments look super strong with uh how he played in the two games that you were just talking about. Right. Uh who else? Jaron Thompson? Could he could he transfer NFL? Uh you don't <laughs> get him out of here. Make like an egg and beat it, pal. Make like a tree and get out of here. Or whatever Biff Tannen said. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened to Jaron Thompson. That, that to me, is your number one indictment on Terry Joseph slash Blake Gideon. Because Jaron Thompson was pretty good last year. Not perfect, but pretty good. And he got worse this year. Like, it's not that he didn't get better. He got worse. And that that can't happen. That guy... Should have taken a step. We should have wanted him to go to the NFL with how good of a year that he had in 2023. And now it's like, yeah, if he hit the portal, I don't I don't know how upset anybody would be. Oh, yeah, the classic make like an Epstein and get out of here. Make like an Epstein and hang yourself. Make like an Epstein and get murdered, but the murderers make it look like you hung yourself. I don't. I don't make like your- an Epstein and run an island that's all about catching high-profile people in pedophilic situations? Yeah, I don't want Jaron Thompson to do any of those things. <laughs> Go ahead and put that on the record if that's all right. Would you like to agree with me? Yeah, please don't touch okay. any of that, Jaron. <laughs> that a long Say, silence. The options, just come back to Texas next year. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> long silence from you over there, pal. Oh, God. All right. We'll take your thoughts. Keep the uh, YouTube comments lumming, uh, lumming coming. 512-222-9328. That's what Epstein said. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
Yeah. Whatever. All right, let's give some love to some of our travel partners here. Because I've dug myself into a hole. Don't make an Epstein joke out of that, please. Covert Bee Cave. Mm. They were kind enough to give us a car for our trip to New Orleans. They've been one of our great partners from day one of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Can't thank them enough for the uh, loaner vehicle and just can't thank them enough for all that they've done for us since we started this thing back in uh, late August, early September. Shout out to Covert Beat Cave. Go see them off of 71 if you need a car, truck, or SUV. Shout out to our guy Tom McKay over at AV Consultations. The TV's behind me. Notice how there's no wire sticking out. That's AV Consultations. They do amazing work. They can do something like this. They can do four TVs, 10 TVs, or just one giant screen with surround sound, whatever. 512-255-8678. That's the number to call there. Altstadt Beer, got to give some love to the Altstadt Brewery down there in Fredericksburg. Make it a New Year's resolution to drink a cleaner beer that tastes better than the stuff that you've been drinking in the past. That is Altstadt. And, of course, all of our great travel partners uh, all of the logos you see on screen if you're watching on YouTube and all of the folks that you've heard us talking about over the last week and change if you're listening on the app. Uh, they, they made this all possible. Go support them. You support us by supporting them. We love all of these people. We don't just love them as companies. We love everybody on our screen as people as well. And uh, we know y'all will too. So many thanks to our great travel partners, Stripe. That includes Hummel Realtor, my buddy Brian Hummel. He does a great job. As a realtor, the website is HummelRealtor.com. And our friends at Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Of course, Steve and his right-hand lady, Channing. Got it right that time, Steve. Pest Wranglers has been in business since 2006, taking care of those pest problems across Central Texas and homes and businesses. During that time, Steve has made sure that his company is representative of how he values people. He treats his employees well. Make sure his employees treat you, the customer, well. Uh, that's why they have so many five-star ratings and reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. Find out for yourself. Go to PestWranglers.com to uh, check out more info and also to get that free estimate. And Pest Wranglers, as always, is a proud sponsor of... Where are we at in society today? Right, it is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism, has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. Headline from the Czech Republic, BK. Priest cuts off his own penis during crazed mental break following tick bite. Goodness. Yeah. I, mean, when I, I hope that I hope that doesn't happen to Jaron Thompson either, for the record. <laughs> Thanks for going out on that limb. The priest in the Czech Republic sliced off his own penis with a knife after he was allegedly driven psychotic by a tick bite. Well, we don't know exactly what happened. It was probably a health problem. <laughs> Said the mayor of the town where the alarming incident occurred. Yeah, you think it was a fucking health problem? A mental health problem, maybe? God. A health problem, too. According to Czech outlets, locals first realized something was awry after the unnamed clergyman failed to show up to a prearranged meeting. Paramedics eventually had to bust down his door, after which they found the priest lying unconscious in a pool of blood with his penis severed. Oh, he was subsequently rushed to the local emergency room where medics discovered that he had also sustained injuries to his genitals 
Due to his deteriorating condition, doctors put him in an induced coma and placed him on a ventilator where he remained for 10 days. Unfortunately, medics had difficulty finding out what had transpired beforehand due to his comatose state. The Vicar General at the church that this priest was at says he's lying unconscious in the ARO war. That's a critical care unit. Due to these circumstances, it's impossible to find out what really happened. But doctors did discover central damage to the patient's nervous system, which appeared to be a viral infection in origin per the religious leader's testimony. The priest had suffered from tick-borne encephalitis, also known as TBE, which is the swelling of the brain caused by tick-transmitted disease. In its advanced stages, the condition can induce personality changes and even psychosis, which was believed to be the case with this priest. The risk is particularly great in the region where this incident occurred, the risk for this tick bite that turns into tick bite encephalitis. So he he didn't go he didn't go to the hospital first. His first move after suffering from this was to just slice off his own junk. Well, he didn't realize he was sick. He just thought that his penis needed to be severed and that his genitals needed to be gashed. God, how do you ever think that's the right move? You are bitten by a tick and your brain swells as a result. <laughs> Okay, well, talk about being ticked off. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get that shitty dad joke out of the way. Um, or like dicked off. Yeah, <laughs> that works too. <laughs> oh, God. I, I guess if this is going to happen to anyone, it's best that it happens to a priest, right? Because hypothetically, he's not using it like the rest of us are. Well, I have a breaking piece of news for you with regards to priests and how they use that thing. Yeah, no, I knew that was coming. And don't turn that into anything either, please. Oh, you, yeah, you knew that was coming, huh? I see what you yeah. did there. My phrasing has not been at its best today. <laughs> um, man, like that's, dude, I, you probably saw me. I was cringing during that whole story right there. That is, oh, awful. So he's alive? He, li he, he lived to tell the tale? He's alive. Just was in a coma for a while? Well done, DJ. Did he put it on TikTok? I don't know if there's a dance move that accompanies severing your own Johnson, DJ. Is, that, is there a Fortnite dance that uh, goes with that? Your son plays a lot of Fortnite. He, he would know. You want me to call him in here and ask? <laughs> no, because I don't want him to have to hear this story. My God, he'd probably take it better than I did, honestly, but I, I do not want him to have to hear this story. Hmm. That's, well, well done. Your first Where We At in Society story of 2024 was uh, a strong one there. Thank you. Other than Bucky almost getting us all killed because he was trying to be too nice to the New Orleans homeless. Yeah. God, Angel so of death nearly caught up to our car before we punched it out of there. So how God, how bad must this tick bite have been? How bad did that hurt? And how how does it impact you that much to where you end up doing that? Dude? Brain swelling. It's just like the Charles Whitman story, the UT Tower shooter from so many decades ago, where after the fact, they found out that he had a brain tumor. And when mm -hmm. parts of your brain start 
swelling or getting squeezed up on, you lose all rational thought. And so this guy, heck, maybe he is like a lot of other Catholic priests. Maybe he had a, a moment of guilt where he felt bad about some of the things that maybe not even him, that some of his fellow priests have partaken in with regards to altar boys over the years. And he's like, you know what? I don't even want this to be a risk. I'm just going to go ahead and cut it all the way off. Oh, you think that's why he was, I'm, just, uh, I'm trying to come up with any batshit crazy rationale as to why he would have done something like that. I mean, I'd, I'd rather be dead than have that happen to me. I think it can get reconstructed though. Rather be dead than no. chop off my own with deal with a pool of blood and just not have one or my own ever again. What if they can reconstruct it with what, like flex seal? Cadaver. Uh, Cadaver flesh. Do I get to pick? You get to pick. Like I get to go to the store and just pick my own Johnson. <laughs> you get to, you get to pick your new Johnson. But I have to go to the morgue and find. Is that is that the process there? Yeah. Hmm. You going circumcised or uncircumcised? No, I don't need to have a robber's mask over my Johnson. So I'll go. I'll go with the uh, it cleaned up. Still yeah. mad at the Moy for chopping off the bigger half, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, Would it be tick bite crazy to go with the uh, the Johnson of the dude in that infamous picture where he's just sitting on the edge of the bed and is? <laughs> dude, that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like I would just go comedic at that point. Like it's not going to be of any use anymore, so you may as well be able to have some fun, you know. Well, I, I, I'm worried about Chad Hastings, that guy, Hastingsing that guy. But is that guy dead? I think that guy might be dead. Oh, so is he? It would be an option based on your hypothetical scenario here that I would get that instead of what I have. Can you imagine the look on a lover's face? If that's what I had. No, I can't because that's never happened to me before. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> oh, yeah, you and me both, dude. Um, well, all right. Now now I've changed my mind. If I get that, guys, then I will go through this instead of being dead. Every other, every other option I have, I think I'd rather be dead. But if that's uh, what this incident would lead to, then all right. Time me up. That guy's thing was like eight of those boudin sausages that we ate on the way back. <laughs> oh, man. I just finished that food for lunch today, too. There you go. Now I'm about to go throw it all up after hearing that comment. <laughs> God bless it, dude. Well, glad this guy's alive, I guess. I, I don't know if he is, but um, thank you for the content, Czech Republic. Uh, they're still doing good. It's not Czechoslovakia anymore. They're they're still on the Republic bit. I believe so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah Doc, USSR bit. Doctor Chop. He's retired. Yeah. He's yeah. No, we're trying to get Vast Madness on as a sponsor, but unfortunately, that guy is no longer in the D game. 
don't know if he prefers his profession being called that. Yeah. All right. What a story. I see one half of Chip and Zay waiting in the waiting room. We've got Zay Collier. Afternoon, Zay. What's up, fellas? Yo. How y'all living? Not great after Trey's Where Are We At in Society story, but I was I was fine before then. How are you? I'm good, man. My dog keeps whining for some damn reason. I don't know why, but I don't know. He'll be fine. Probably because Jonathan Brooks is going pro. Your dog is sad, Zay. <laughs> hey, Damn I'm sad. Is sad. Yeah, I'm sad, man. Also watching Jordan Whittington's goodbye video. Good God. That was brutal. Oh, it that is, was tough. What oh, about? Man. Get what the about Kleenexes you? out, Trey, because that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> I ain't lie. What about Xavier Worthy's goodbye video? I mean, he kind of went at our girl, Megan, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's had a bad couple of weeks, hasn't she? It's been tough, but she's tough. Okay. And she owned up to it. And Good. Yeah, it was very classy by her to do so. But, yeah, everybody. I was just talking about the music. He, he went with the... Uh, the music for the who's the guy who was in all those Fast and Furious movies who died? Oh. <laughs> Paul <laughs> Paul Walker. Yeah. So at the end of like Fast and Furious eight or nine or thirteen, they play that sad song where Vin Diesel sees his. Oh, that's the what Charlie Puth or whatever with Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I thought that was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we got some TSU karaoke here. God. It's been, and he got the lyrics wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. Long day. Long day. Long Same day. difference, man. Uh, it's what are those Fast and the Furious movies? Tokyo Drift's still the best one. When they jump little bow wow. Classic. Oh yeah. Only one Bow Wow. I think he was nominated for that. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way. Shoot. So All Lil right. Bow Wow went from Lil Bow Wow to Bow Wow. What point does he go to he, he's Shad Moss? What? Ruff, ruff. He's Shad ruff, Moss. Ruff. He's when he acts, he uses his government name. What's his government name? Shad Moss. Shad Moss. Okay, so at what point does he take his his uh, his musician name from Little Bow Wow to Bow Wow to like hip dysplasia or something? <laughs> I think now he's Camp Bow Wow and he does the jingle for them these days. Which those exist in New Orleans, we found out <laughs> on our drive back. Yeah. Yes, yes, they do. All right, guys. Uh, have a great show. We'll be locked in. I'm sure you'll be talking plenty of Texas football, so we'll be tuned in. Appreciate y'all.